Fellas, I got a question for you. Would you rather just be able to acknowledge that you had a fun, great time at the movies, or do you hate women? Um, welcome to Fake Nerd Cinephiles, where we are talking about the latest MCU entry, The Marvels, uh, where we're going to get completely into it. We're going to talk about everything we enjoyed, everything we didn't like, our usual kind of stuff. We're back, baby. We're doing cinephiles again, this time with like on time with movies as they come out. Uh, and it's our first MCU movie since Guardians 3, which is really exciting. Um, excuse me. I am Sparks Witty, and I'm joined, of course, by Ben Magnet. Just come out of the gate swinging, why don't you? God damn. And uh, of course, our our leader, Brandon T. McClure. The first one. It's the first one. It's the first one. The first one. The first one? Yeah, the first one. The first one. The first one. The first one of what? I I, I, I want to admit that I had a good, fun time. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. Got you. Yeah. Good. Yes. See, that's it, it's not hard. I mean, like, we'll get into it. And like, I'm not saying it's a perfect movie or anything and that everybody should automatically enjoy it. But I am saying like a lot of media outlets have crafted an error about this movie that seems really pointed in a specific way. So we'll talk about it. Yeah, we will. And also, I just wanted to be on record that I am also falling to the category of the first one. I, I did like that. I mean, I I have problems. Look, I won't lie. I have some problems with the movie, but all in all, I had a fun time with it. I'm hey, not. Man. I'm not the guy. I'm not. I'm definitely not that guy on Twitter who's yelling about how oh the MCU is trash. It sucks. Blah blah blah. It's like, eh. absolutely. Hey man, you know the audience will decide when they hear what you say. So that's true. Who knows? All right. Um, uh, we are talking about the Marvels. Brandon, why don't you tell me all the credits for the Marvels? Yeah. So we're talking about the Marvels, the latest entry in the MCU. Thirty um, third film. Thirty third film. Damn. Wow. Um, it's the same age as three of us. All three of us. Oh, yeah. Well, interesting. Yeah. All right. Close enough. Uh, di- directed by Nia DaCosta, of course. Written by Nia DaCosta, Megan McDonald, and Elisa Karasik. Uh, um, so Ben already told us his initial thoughts, that he, he liked it, but he, he didn't love it. Uh, Sparks, what about you? Um, I think that this movie suffers from a lot of misguided reactionary stuff about the MCU more than I think it has to do with this movie. And that creates a lot of the problems that I see in it, but absolutely none of those problems are the direction or the leads um, because I had a great time enjoying all of those things. So uh, I overall, um, it might not be like knocking it out of the park in terms of the MCU, but I sure as shit had fun. Um, yeah, I I've come out of both Thor, Love and Thunder and Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania saying I loved both of those films uh, and my reviews for them it was on record, however both those films I soured on over time, I don't like them as I, I don't like them as much as I did when I first watched them in theaters and I bring that up because I I, I just had a I just had a really good time you know, it it it's not perfect. No movie really is, but it's not this like I don't, I don't know. It's just it's just a good time. It's an hour and forty five minutes. You're in and out. 
it, it's very funny. Uh, I really like the direction. It's very colorful. I love the leads. Uh, you know, there's really not a lot here to dislike, honestly, in my opinion. I've watched um, a lot of people. I think when you compare this to superhero films and certainly when you compare it to the MCU, like it's a scale that's like very green. Cause like, if you're, are you comparing to like what people would now call the heyday of the infinity saga? Or are you comparing to like the recent stuff that hasn't been received as well? Or we know has had like a lot of issues for various reasons behind the scenes. Um, but to me, I keep comparing it to action comedies. Um, oh, things yeah, like, yeah. things like Shanghai noon. Yeah. Or can't come up with Shanghai, an immediate Shanghai um, Nights. What's that one with um Mark Wahlberg and uh where they're like the, the cops after rock, oh, the rock the and other guys? Jackson. Thank you, the other guys. Things like that, where I feel like all the problems you could say about this movie, I would apply to be I would be able to apply to those films too if I really wanted to pick about it. But the thing is at the end of the day, I have a really good time. Yeah. And I feel like this is in a similar space, maybe with just a little bit more chopped up in the edit than those films. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I liken this a lot to a phase one Marvel film. So a phase one MCU film, because it feels, it feels like someone had a vision of the type of movie they wanted to make and they executed it. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of, um, at least to me, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of uh, guiding hand coming from uh, the the Marvel committee uh, mm-hmm. uh, ma- forcing this movie into a certain type of thing. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sure you guys will probably disagree, but in my opinion, it feels very much like the kind of film I needed it to be um, as someone who is dealing with a lot of... Um, not really necessarily superhero fatigue, but just kind of a little bored with the MCU. And I like the, I like, I like a lot of the MCU still. There's, I'm not a hater or anything, but there's really not a lot that I feel very passionate about anymore. Mm-hmm. But here I just kind of saw like the type of film that like really got me engaged in the MCU in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll get to that guiding hand thing in a bit, because I agree with you to the sense of like everything up to post-production, because like, Mm -hmm. I think it's very clear this movie got cut up in its edit. Um, That that like part of the goal was to make a short movie so that people would do exactly what what we're doing. And I'm not saying this is wrong, but to walk out of it and be like, well, that was a quick, fun time, wasn't it? And not have to think about any of the things that like whether they were right or not, they think if they left in the film would drag it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into that. But what I want to start off with um, in response to what you were saying is for me, this felt. I ignore infinity war and Endgame. This felt like the same energy as an Avengers film to me, um, like a, the classic two, um age of Ultron and the original in the sense that like, this is, I think this is the most excited I've been in a long time about characters coming together. Um, they might not be stars of their own movies, but you have Miss Marvel and you have Monica now joining with Captain Marvel, feeling that like sense of, of just new energy about bringing like mainstay prominent characters together for the first time felt mm-hmm. good. And 
for me, I think there's a lot of fun in that. There's a lot of joy in that. And I, it kind of crystallized that I don't think every film in the MCU should be doing this, but I definitely think it's a mistake that we've gotten this far in post Endgame. And this is the first time I've really felt that feeling again of like the stars mixing. Like, how have we not had something where Shang-Chi appeared to someone else yet? You know, mm-hmm. um, when when this is in context with that, I'm like, I feel like we should have had more. Because when people talk about like slowing down the amount of projects for the MCU, I'm kind of like, there's all these characters on the board that I want them to ha- play with and have fun with. And the answer is like, yeah, less in the projects, but like put more intermingling of stories, characters that are are meeting with each other for different reasons at different points in time. And this had so much energy in that. And obviously, like it's really well baked in with Miss Marvel being a fan of Captain Marvel. And that's something really fun to watch. And obviously, everybody's saying it. Imam Balani, <clears throat> MVP, steals the show. Um, 100%. Uh, I think all three of them, Tayana Paris, Brie Larson, uh, Iman Vellani, all have incredible chemistry together. I think they're mm-hmm. so electric and so much fun. And I do think Iman Vellani's driving that engine, but I think that's, she's good at it. It's part of what her character gets to do, um, is inject that. But it makes the whole thing feel so fresh and alive yeah. in a way that, this is like what not again, not every MCU project, but so much more of the movies, especially like if what we are doing is having the shows as well, like the shows can be more like insular and like really let's get in. And like, they haven't always pulled this off of like, let's get in and focus on this character. Right. Like mm-hmm. we'll reference the Miss Marvel show a bit. It has problems, but boy, do I really love how it like one thing I really like bringing over to the movie. And I don't think it's necessary to have watched the show, but I was really rewarded by having the history with Kamala's family mm-hmm. and that carry over to this movie. And that felt really great. And you get like that insular building, but have the movies have that like, yeah, and we're putting so-and-so with so-and-so and like, what's going to happen? How crazy is that combination? It's like, that's exactly what this felt like. And it felt so needed. That kind of yeah. shift. Yeah. You know, like, you know, Nick Fury interacting with the Khan family, like that's, exactly the kind of energy that you're talking about like yeah that's that's really fun because that's not something you've got in miss marvel it's something new it's something that feels very fresh because this is uh these are these are characters that have never interacted before what's that going to look like oh it's very rewarding and very fun and the, and they're kind of a pain in the ass when they're on this when they're on the saber station right and it's like i don't think it has to be the heavy hitters either i don't think yeah. it has to be like an avengers level lineup i'm like i think you can put shang chi in a captain america movie and that could be cool or vice versa bring captain america to the next shang chi movie or something like that like or bucky even um i just think there's avenues and like that's why thunderbolts i think is kind of exciting too and this made me a little more excited for thunderbolts to be honest with you because i'm like oh yeah that is gonna have that like ooh, these people who have never like how is that gonna go that's gonna be weird um and I think that's so much more of like the magic juice that the MCU doesn't need to squeeze all the time, but definitely has needed to squeeze a little bit more. Oh, but you're absolutely right. Like, you know, one of the things that uh, that attracted, I think the reason why it feels very much like a phase one MCU film to me. Um, and, and like, I'm not saying like it's a one-to-one comparison. Like, I don't think this film is as good as those, as those early films. Um, it was better than Iron Man too, but you know, most things are. Um, and, 
I, not a high bar to get to over, bud. <laughs> not at least, not at all. Um, but I was, but I was thinking about that. But I think you really like drilled into the reason why I feel that way because the MCU used to be fun because it was characters that I yeah. liked and I wanted right. to see them, and so much of the post Endgame, uh, 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 stories have felt very much plot first not character first um these are stories that we're doing because we want to do this plot line not because this character because we want to revisit this character and the marvels feels like not the first time obviously gardens of the galaxy volume three um is is very much the same in the same boat but it feels very much like that type of film that is that exists because we want to see these characters, right? Not because there is a plot we need to get to. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's the post-credit scene, but it feels very much this is character first and not plot first, and that felt very refreshing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, if I may, if I may interject for a hot second, because I really want to just get like, because I do have a lot of pauses with this film. Mm-hmm. The biggest one being, of course, the main three. I hundred percent agree. Um, the actress the actor who plays kamala steals the show absolutely love her and i want to agree with sparks that while not the best marvel show watching miss marvel you do get that connection between her and her family like when one of my favorite scenes happens near the end of the film where the brother is calling his wife when he's on the elevator to space and nick fury is just like no filming he goes "Hmm." you know he puts his phone away or what was i think we're going to hell (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, where the dad is just is talking, <laughs> and another scene that I know we'll talk about later. I don't want to uh, touch on it now, but the I feel like the biggest Nick, as much as I do love how it was a very in and out sort. Not it, it, it was like you're you're in, you have a fun time, you get out. I just felt as I was watching, things got resolved way too quickly, and this is probably more of a me problem than it is a film problem. While I do know that a lot of people have been saying the pacing was really good, the pacing was on point, to me, it just felt like things got resolved and were, there wasn't a lot of, there are things just got resolved way too quickly and things were just, okay, we're done with this, let's move on. It's like someone was like snapping their fingers, not like a demeaning man, it was like, come on, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta do this other thing. And. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree that that is a feeling that's in the film. I disagree that it's a problem though, mm-hmm. because I'd much rather a fast paced film than something dragging out. I'm not saying that the alternative was a, is a two and a half hour film that is dragged out, but I actually don't think this film needed to be two and a half hours. I, really, I don't think this film needed to be two and a half, two and a half hours. I mean, like, I like have, real quickly, real like, quickly, oh. real quickly, like Thor, Thor Love and Thunder, I think, is too short. I think it's two hours and it should be 210, 220. Um, like I I felt very much the same, very much like it's it shouldn't be this short. The Marvels, mm-hmm. I don't think should be any longer. And I I that's what I think. Like, I really just I really just think it's exactly the kind of film that it's exactly the length and the pacing that I think it really needed to be. I don't think the I think the Marvels would have I, I have a feeling that they would have had made good use out of the real estate if they did make it either like a 155 or a two hour film. Mm. I think I have a feeling that if, I mean, I'm not saying that it should have been a two and a half hour film. No, 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 no. I think that there was still enough there and they, they could have done some stuff there to make to, I'm not saying pad it out, 
but maybe putting in a little more character work or a little more or some other like one of the things we were talking about earlier today because all behind behind uh what's the phrase that we use i'm my brain behind is the just, scenes behind, behind the baseball like, yeah um inside baseball talk we inside all baseball. we all hung out a little bit earlier today and i mentioned that one of the things that i felt might have i'm not saying it would have but something that i was hoping to see and something that i felt like should have been in the movie was a small little don't meet your heroes thing whereas and not and now when i say don't meet heroes i don't mean that kamala instantly hates captain marvel for the rest of her life i'm saying that while kamala puts captain marvel on a large pedestal something like captain marvel could have been a little bit off-putted or is like hey don't look at me like that you know just like some sort of thing where the two of them could not say get into a conflict but at least they talk and they realize is like hey you i'm i have faults i have faults i mean i do my best and she's like you know what yeah i'm trying to be i'm trying to live by like just something i don't want to say like this will instantly fix the film no i just felt like there could have been something more there um i i want to interject on a lot of what you said there i think i, I get I think I get what you're trying to say, and I really mm-hmm. hate the phrase don't meet your heroes for it because I mm-hmm. don't think that's accurate because don't meet your heroes literally means like Carol being bad. Yeah, yeah like and I don't a bad this, a bad role model or a role model or a bad influence, yeah. which I don't think is what you're no, no, trying no. to get at. I, it's, it's I don't need you. To, I don't need you to clarify on that. I don't think that's what you were trying to get at. But let me tell you why I don't agree with this point. Um mm-hmm. You're just asking for them to repeat the beats of Tony Stark and Peter Parker. Um, okay, and that's why I'm kind of against it um, mm-hmm. is because I think we've done that. Mm-hmm. And I think okay. that it's I think it's better now. I think it's better that it is a more emotionally direct relationship for me personally um, having the moment where Kamala is devastated that they can't save all the scrolls mm-hmm. and she's trying and Carol shouts at her and says, we need to save who we can. And then the scrolls are gone and we're on the ship and Carol looks at Kamala and she says, Hey, I really shouldn't have, you know, said it that way. Um, that's, that's not the way I, I kind of want to do a do over, mm-hmm. which is like a more, it's a more empathetic and yeah. compassionate hero, which mm-hmm. is who I want Carol to be right. and what I want it to be represented as. So this is why that like, don't meet your heroes idea. And I'll tell you 100%. I got really scared when that scene was happening and Kamala was trying to save them and getting swapped with Carol, that Carol was going to be pissed at her for saying like, you stop me from saving more people. And I was like, please 100% don't do this. This is such a bad story to do with this character mm-hmm. and not the story to do with the female hero at the lead of the, of the MCU. But they didn't do that. And I think that was very smart. Um, I think they go for something more emotionally connected. Now, what I do think I agree with in your point is my number one. Uh, I think it's a problem scene is when they leave Adelon and go to the wheat field. Planet. And when they walk out there, they're kind of doing some apology stuff. And some of it is for things that I feel like isn't in the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's where I feel like something got cut that was relevant to whatever this conversation is. Because Carol Carol and Kamala have that moment we just went over 
about, you know, their first interaction and stuff. They're not really rubbing up against like Kamala's fandom for Carol and not giving her the space to be herself. And which is what she apologizes for. And Carol recognizing that like, she's not great at relating in being more emotionally connected uh, in, in that way. And I don't think the movie feeds that scene as well as it should. And I'm sure it did at some point before it got cut. Um, And I think that's the weak. That's like the Achilles heel of the movie is because it's a scene about Monica and Kamala and Carol kind of reconciling for something that I don't feel like was happening in the movie after a certain point. Right. Um, And you could argue that Monica and Carol's was still kind of there in the background about her absenteeness in Monica's life. Mm -hmm. But the Carol and Kamala stuff, I'm like, this just wasn't happening after we like had a conversation after the scroll planet. This was not what the vibe of the, the movie was giving us Um, right too much of that information was cut and so that's the angle where i'll agree with you ben that like Mm -hmm. there's something in a little bit of the character arc that that scene alludes to that i'm like if you're gonna do that then i needed to see more of that yeah and and you also bring up actually what's probably my biggest problem with the movie you mentioned um the ocean planet is it atlan or atlana atlana i think i'm not atlana yeah for a second right this is the sake of argument is called atlana um now i love the scene when they get to atlanta what bothers me is that after they leave atlanta and they go to the wheat field they never go back and i feel and unless i missed it and i was in a very quiet theater too i don't know if it's just because i just didn't catch it because i was focused on something else or oh uh or, real quickly aladna aladna thank you yeah but they just leave and they never go back and they never and nothing else happens like did they go out and help them get their water back. Did they fix help fix something? Because it's never mentioned. It's, I feel like it's like here's this huge place where Kara was married to the is not was is married to the prince. She has a husband, and I love that scene. By the way, that scene like the scene is awesome. How they how um how they talk by singing and how the prince is bilingual. It's great. I absolutely adore that scene. It's hilarious. Um, I was kind of like jiving in my in my seat. I, the whole I time. was I was Iman Vellani, just like pretty dancing much. in my seat but the thing that bothers me is that after they leave it they never um bring it up again except for a sight gag gift with kamal's mom and the thing is like what happened to the planet nothing happened nothing as far as i can tell unless i just missed it and it was like a doctor strange um or not doctor strange i i get your point and mm-hmm. and no they don't like outside of the clearly it's fine because otherwise they wouldn't have the the wedding bowl Right. right. So like clearly it's fine. Uh, I agree with you that like it would have been nice to get some kind of like I do think it's weird uh, again like feeling like something's kind of missing there that they get to that planet and they don't even talk about like what's happening to those people back there. They're just like mm-hmm. let's fix our little problems that aren't happening. Um but I will tell you that I I don't think it breaks the movie to not acknowledge it either. Um I I understand it like personally standing out to you i i'm like i don't know i don't i don't think it ruins the movie to not do it i I think ruining the movie is um is the wrong choice of words i probably should phrase it better but it was just something that my fiance and i after we were done when we were talking about the the film and it was like 
did they ever go back and help the the the, the ocean planet? Because I like that planet a lot. I hope it's okay. I I I have to be fair and say that like I think there's a lot of other comparable superhero or non-superhero related projects where the exact same problem is happening. Probably, and like we don't yeah. return to another place in danger. And mm-hmm. I will say like this is maybe a little more noticeable because mm-hmm. of the immediate scene following leaving that planet, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's necessarily as big yeah. of a problem as uh, as I, the the stuff you alluded to previously, which I think is more crucial because it's like it's the one place I feel the movie fumbles because like it it's fun to be with these characters, but it doesn't mm-hmm. quite give us that full arc. Right. And it's right. like that bubble is there because you have <clears throat> excuse me, you have the um, parallelism of Captain Marvel saying we have to save who we can save on the Skrull planet. And then Kamala stopping Carol saying, if we don't go, we're going to die. Like we have to go right now and her taking that action. And like, that's mm-hmm. an amount of her emulating her role model in her way. And you could have turned that into like Ka- Carol being like, don't be me, be you kind of thing. Um, yeah. Brandon, any thoughts on some of this? There's a couple of times in this movie that I can feel what you guys are feeling. I'm not saying that I'm completely oblivious to it. Um, for example, uh, the one the one that I point to is when they're on is when um they're first doing the body switching and monica and kamala are on the kree warship um and uh carol's on earth and then maybe like two minutes later carol shows up on that planet and like i understand carol's fast and she probably can travel through warp uh uh warp whatever's but that was another kind of thing where it was like, this is happening because it needs to. The three need to be here. Um, we're doing the Kamala does the when Kamali when Kamali uh, when Kamala does the like um, the jump point uh, out of the planet to make sure that the, they don't get they don't get the other uh, quantum band. Um, now now we know confirmed it's quantum band. Uh, we pretty much knew that, but right. um, uh, that was another kind of thing of like. This, there was probably a couple of scenes or maybe like one scene that, that made this feel a bit more impactful. This kind of feels like it's just happening because it needs to happen at this point. Um, but none of these... I don't know how I'd feel on a second watch. Maybe they would be detrimental, but none of these really felt detrimental to me in this, in this film, you know? No, no, and that's what I'm saying is I don't think they are. Yeah, I think these are where the problems are if we're talking about the problems of the movie. I think this is them. This is yeah. like there's something chopped up maybe a little bit too much. Um, and mm-hmm. I do think like that's a good example. Brandon is like that speediness because I felt that, too. I was like, Carol got here really fast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was there an open jump point near Earth I wasn't aware of? Um, <laughs> which you could argue, right? Like she knew what planet they were on because she'd she'd flown there before. She could have asked Fury to open a jump point because Carol can go through a jump point on her own without a ship. Yeah. Um, most things can't. Carol can. And I'd be like, yeah. Okay, I buy it. Whatever. Um, uh, you're right. Um, but I but I also agree with your point, Brandon. I don't think any of them are detrimental to the film. I think they're issues, but like your your valley of how much they really ruin the experience will vary because I think a lot of the rest of the stuff that we're going to get into in our in the rest of our conversation is the stuff that's really working yeah. and keeping you having a good time. And like these are hiccups, but I don't think they're like off the rails hiccups um 
the only one that really like gets me is that is is that like reference to I feel like a a dynamic in the relationship between the three who we've been following through the whole movie that I don't feel like is there. Um, the apologies just aren't, they're not earned in the sense that things aren't happening to make them make sense. So I'm like, ah, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I can take it like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Kamala's not wrong to say like, oh, she was crowding Captain Marvel and not giving her space to be a person, not the celebrity she envisioned. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm just not seeing that you're telling me it, but you're not showing me it. Right. Um, and I, and, and I think that that hurts the movie from being like, 10 out of 10 guys like wow god damn did they knock it out of the park like it, it hurts it from hitting that high but it doesn't it doesn't throw the movie so far off course that it's impossible to recover from yeah um any other thoughts on that part ben before we move on to other things um i think you actually when you said about the choppiness of the movie there's another part that reminded that i was reminded of that also kind of was confusing me because i'm like what happened to it was what happened to the second quantum band sure and that's an actual question oh, do you mean at the end of the movie yeah what happened carol's, to it? carol's wearing it she's wearing carol, it carol's wearing it oh shit i never noticed because yeah. i was looking at kamala kamala and carol split them up between the two of them okay okay so that's when they're when they're cash. in the plane it's on one of carol's wrists okay because I'll, I'll also say i'll also say one thing um, and this could be just something I don't remember from Miss Marvel. And I, it's this isn't a criticism. Did we know that that uh, Kamala could use her abilities without the without the band? Did yes. she do that, Miss Marvel? Yes, uh, she did. She did do it only a little bit because she yeah. wears it most of the time. But Bruno, her friend, told mm-hmm. her that it's not giving you your powers. It just seems to have activated your powers. Right. Okay. Bruno did explain that though. Um, I think that, in like episode two or three. It wasn't uh, it's not a criticism of this film at all. Sure. It's just something that I didn't remember because when when she uses her ability to uh, reach out and pull the quantum bands and Monica in uh, uh, in with Carol, um, she's not wearing the band anymore. And I was like, oh, did we know that she yeah. could do like, I'm glad she can. This but was I wasn't also, sure that we knew. Yeah, that was also part of the she's a mutant reveal at the end. Right. Um, it was tied to that, but like we do learn up. It's it's pretty early in the season that we learn. I think it's episode two, to be honest. That he says mm-hmm. these aren't giving you your power; they just activated something. Right. Um, and now she and, just kind of wears it as a ceremonial. Yeah, because it's from her grandma from in yeah, the mail. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, tangential to problems, but I don't think this is a problem personally. But I I'm interested to see where everybody lands on this. Let's talk the villain. Um, because there's been a lot of talk about the villain um, and saying that she's not a very good one. In fact, maybe the worst in the MCU to some. Um, Which is wrong. I hard, hard disagree with that. It's um, just wrong. I, I again, I really want to liken this back to action comedies. This mm-hmm. is an action comedy villain. There is nothing missing in this villain compared to those villains. This is exactly the same kind of thing you get in that fair. I think. Real quickly, Ben, I think that she gets the most cut from this film. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there was there was probably stuff with her on the cutting room floor. But even she is able to like her motivation of Carol is the bad guy. She has destroyed the Kree and I am going to take my revenge 
in this way. Like her her motivations make sense that yes. she wants to she's taking she's taking revenge by rebuilding the Kree planet by rebuilding yes. um what's the Kree poem world called? Hala. Hala. Hala, thank you. Hala. Um, <laughs> and, and so like every every scene kind of feeds into that. She's not void of any personality and I'll say the same thing that I've said to you guys that I've seen this online. I wholeheartedly agree with it. She is not the worst MCU villain because Meliketh exists. And y'all, Meliketh is the worst MCU villain and it is not close. Honestly, if we're if we're bringing in like the show villains too, like she's not even all the way in the bottom fourth. Like, let's no. be honest. I, I understand why she's doing what she's doing. I think she's effective. I think yeah. she's I think she's a a foil to Carol and it works. Mm-hmm. Um I I think her being given the quantum band to help put her on scale with these three heroes works. Um I'm I'm never I have one problem with her motivations and it's because I I genuinely don't get why she betrays Carol at the last second. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you on that I, one. I kind I of yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like if if you that's the one thing I think is missing is like maybe just I think the argument you would make is that her hatred of Carol is is so so much to blind her she could never trust her yeah. to do that even as Carol is like helping pick her up. But that's the one where I was like I kind of was into the idea that that the way they resolved this was with her doing this for her and that they that she was gonna go away from this. Um. And it didn't motivationally click for me in the character we'd been presented up to that point that like this could fix the sun. Is it worth trying? You're bleeding out at this point. Like, isn't it worth trying trusting Carol for yeah. that? Um, it kind of it kind of leads into really my only problem, like legitimate problem with the movie, which is its ending. Okay. Um, I don't get I, the only reason why she betrays carol is to be able to wield both quantum bands dissolve and break the universe even further to the point that monica has to sacrifice herself that's the that's really the only issue it's not even a detrimental one honestly like it's really the only issue that i have with the film because like that's the one where i'm like this this betrayal is only happening to get Monica into a place. This is where I feel the guiding hand. This is where I feel the larger MCU kind of coming into play because this is only, this is only happening to get Monica into a place that we need Monica to be for the next thing. And that's, that's my only real issue with, with that, with this film for me. I, I agree with that. And I feel like there's a way where you could have done that. Like she already caused that problem before. Yeah. And this, since we're right there, let's, um, I, I like the action in this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. I think the final confrontation with the villain is too quick. And you can, yeah. and I think it's honestly that the three of them are so good at using their powers that they overwhelm her so quickly. And like having her have both quantum bands sooner would have put it like, I think a little more fair. Yeah. Um, if she doesn't go to like, if the goal is like stop her from doing that. So like she's using them against them, but they're trying to like stay on top of her that it's my least favorite of the action scenes where they're swapping places. And I think all of those scenes are really good. And sorry, you cut out for a little bit. You cut out for just uh, quickly. Where'd you lose me. Um, I have terrible Internet when I'm down here. Uh, it's OK. You were just talking about how 
the how little you enjoyed the the the, the final the final action sequence. How, not necessarily how little, but like why it was your least favorite. Yeah, um, I just I think when you have your final confrontation with the villain, ideally you want that to if it can't be the best action scene, you want it to be second. And I think yeah. it's just uh, personally, I think it's the bottom of the fight scenes. Like I think yeah, the confrontation with, with her on on um, the water planet is better. And I think that the first opening one is the best. So it's like I, I definitely agree with that because even at the in the, the end of the movie, I was like, "Oh shoot, are we like almost over? Wow, that was quick!" And when they overpower her, overpower her like like within not even five minutes, it doesn't feel like a grand finale fight scene because when you after the water planet and they're all and they realize, "Oh, she's going after Earth's sun." I was like, okay, here's the the setting for the final battle. It's home. It's close to home. Shit's going bad. And they subdue her within seconds. And even then, even when she does get both bands and she tries using them and she instantly dies, part of me part of me feels that, okay, yeah, it's she was so blinded by power. Not, maybe not blinded by power, but she was so adamant thinking that these would help her. She wasn't strong enough to use them. It's kind of like the whole Power Stone thing. Or um in like Guardians of the Galaxy, or like you have to have a certain people to be able to use an Infinity Stone, and then you get Kamala, who is adapted, and her and Carol they can use the Bangles no problem. Um, I kind of feel that maybe now I don't want to trick when I say this, things like this even earlier. I don't want to say that this is a way to fix the movie because I don't think the movie needs fixing. But there are things about this about the film where I feel like just just me as a fan and me who's seen the 33 or 32 of these movies knows that hey this scene works because of x y and z or this scene doesn't work because of x y and z and something later down the line but i don't know maybe we could have had um maybe we could have had her just go ham like realize that she has all this power and she's just using it and the power slowly eats at her and then when she realizes it it's too late Mm. or I just because yeah, I think that's also kind of what Sparks was saying. Like the 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 this idea that like the the third act the third act fight scene is so short, and it ends with just her dissolving because she gets the two power bands and it's too much for her. Um, and I kind of agree. I agree. Like I I I would. It's my least favorite fight. Also, I I wish that we had gotten more. I think there's there's. I think. I agree with Sparks's like ranking mm-hmm. of the fight scene, but this is the one, mm-hmm. the first one is the best. It's incredible. I think it's wonderful. Um, the second one is very good also, but the third one is like, yeah, it's just, it's good. I like it. It's still showcasing a lot of the stuff that I like about these, about the fight sequence in, in this movie, but it ends so quickly that I think what would have helped is if, is if she got the power bands earlier and we got to see her, actually wield it like Ronan would wield the power stone, right? But remember when Ronan was incredibly powerful and speaking of ter- terrible will- villains, by the way, um, and like Ronan would like use the, the power stone because he was so powerful, like it was actually a threat. And so like this, like she's obviously a threat to these characters, but it's not an overwhelming threat. It's definitely a manageable yeah. threat, especially because once she gets the second one, she just dies. Yeah. I, I, the whole time, or when she was dying and she was fading away, I was just waiting for someone to be to like pull up the the staples that was easy button, push it. Because a sure. lot of times it's like, hmm, that was easy. Sure. Yeah. I. Yeah. I. I. I wish that we. Uh, I wish that the third that the third fight scene was 
better. Again, like there's a lot that I love about this movie. Um, it, it's just the the ending is is for me the weakest moment. One well, and like it just going into that, it's I I'm glad that the three of them are as good at be fighting her at that point, right? Because that's like it's good yeah. progression how they get good at swapping and using their powers against her. It lands. Yeah. It's just they're so good. She can't do anything. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I guess she, she can't really be in this fight unless she gets that other band. Um, yeah, I think I think there were there was a better way to go about that action scene. And again, like going back that motivation to, for the betrayal, just like, I don't know, it doesn't feel like it's all there. But everything else about her works for me. I, I have every all the information I need to, to have her as the bad guy. Oh, yeah, She's fighting sense. for her people. She believes Carol is 100% the annihilator who ruined their lives because she did. Mm -hmm. um, I really like that idea that Carol, especially right after the events of Captain Marvel and realizing how, that she has all that power, what she can do. And she's like, yeah, I could just go smash the AI. And then we get to see that flashback where she goes and she's just like, I'm just going to wreck the Supreme Intelligence consequences be damned and then it's like oh no consequences are bad <laughs> um yeah. and and i think that's a really good like young early carol in her powers thing to have happen and like the consequences of it um and i i part of me wishes that that was just like a little more present um for the film but at the same time i'm like it's there enough and it's working for me it's working for me both for carol's context and for for our villain um mm -hmm. yeah I think I think I'll, it works the the supremer. Uh, I think it works for her. Yeah, I agree. I um, I because you brought up the uh, the the supreme intelligence. Um, I look great. I loved it. Yeah, me too. I really appreciate this this movie kind of catching us up on a few things. Like, I really like seeing that kind of like post Captain Marvel moment where uh she goes and destroys the supreme intelligence and just just wrecks hala just like it's not just like completely wrecks that planet um and well and like and like it's but it's not immediately her fault right it's the civil right, war that happens war. because of it that leads to the the somehow leads to the sun dying but like yeah. sure so like it's not a she destroyed the sun because of the supreme intelligence it's like a chain but she didn't think about how that chain would work <laughs> right cybertron uh, are all <laughs> and Sorry. so like there's there's something about it that i there's, there's there's i really like that but i also really like how it catches this up on monica's relationship with with carol like for people who hadn't seen wandavision or hadn't seen it in a while and for people who haven't seen miss marvel i think this movie is very accessible um in the sense that like when we first meet miss marvel what i i love this by the way i was so happy this carried over to the to the movie that we see her pencil comic of her teaming up with Captain Marvel. I thought that was really great. And I was so jazzed to see that in this movie. Um, and then we see, and then we, in a dream in the kind of like this dream sequence area, uh, we see Monica uh, reliving the moment where she came back from the blip. The remembering. I, remembering it. And I think that's, that's really, I think those are, are really good things to include in this movie. And for a movie that we keep talking about is very light and very breezy. Like a, I'm glad that we found time for those because I think those were very important. Yes, I agree with you. Um, two points to that are um, I do think that the movie, because it it doesn't really want to go into exploring Carol kind of having to make things up to Monica, right? Which I mm -hmm. kind of wish the movie did just a little bit, like going back to like 
the confrontation at the wheat planet and earning that point. Um, I think Carol telling Monica that she was ashamed to come home because she had become this annihilator and felt like it was her duty to fix it. I'm like, I could buy all the way up to infinity war. Why you never came home. Kind of can't buy why once Monica comes back from after being returned, you didn't come check on her. That yeah. part gets a little like, I, I wish there was something else there. I kind of wish Monica called her out. Even if in the scene where she does it, Carol doesn't have an answer. That's also okay. I just think it needed to be there. Yeah, I yeah I, I agree with that. Um, there's a moment that I want to highlight, which I really pre- which I really like, kind of like uh, uh, tangentially about this, which is when uh, Nick Fury cheekily puts them both on the same comm link. Um, <laughs> it's it's the it's the jump point disruption that's actually mingling them, right? I, I thought it was Nick Fury like just doing call just. Connecting the calls. I didn't think so because of the static. I thought that was that was because he was trying to talk to one of them and switching to the other, and then the jump point was mingling the stat. That was my interpretation. I am welcome to say that that was wrong, but I didn't think that was intentional on Fury's part. Um, but when when Carol like hears Monica's hears voice her and like smiles, like, oh, is that Monica? Um, I really like that. I thought that was a really nice character moment. I do too. I do too. I think that's all the more like. There's just so many ways you could have tackled like Carol, Carol navigating like why she could, why, why she hadn't come back to check on her post blip. Right. Like so many things about like at that point, it had been so long. She didn't know how she was going to react. And that freaked her out. And like, that can be the answer. It's very simple, but it's honest. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just wish that had been just like a smidge more in the movie um, than it is. Uh, Um, To your, to your point that you said earlier about like, catching you up on WandaVision and the Marvels uh, and Miss Marvel um, for the, for the film. I think you're right. I think you're right as a person who watched those television shows that I think they do a really good job of getting you engaged in everything. I have heard other people who have uh, not watched those shows, but watch this movie feel like they uh, are lost and missing something. And in that same conversation where people were talking about that, someone interjected a point that I'm like, I think this is valid and this is fair. And I think that's, that's tough. I don't know how you address this problem, to be honest with you. And we're too outside that that particular kind of bubble to think about it. But what they said is like it's it that it's a problem of like feeling like I'm missing something because I know I'm missing something. Even as they're mm. catching me up, I know there's a show I didn't watch. I know there's more information than what I'm being given. And so I still feel like I'm missing something, even as it's telling me everything I should need to know for the movie. Um, and I think that's, that's fair. And like, I don't know how you fix that problem other than being like, so go watch the show. Um, (laughs) but like, that's a hard sell sometimes, right? Because some of those shows are hard to get people to, to to like, you can't, you can't like 100% say like Miss Marvel's a great time. You're really going to watch it. You want to be like Miss Marvel's really good when it's in New Jersey. Um, (laughs) you got to caveat it and it's like, uh, that's tough. It's hard to sell it to that. But I Even, understand, like, I understand, like, getting the dribble of information that's supposed to give you everything you need for the movie and looking at it and going, yeah, but I, am I really understanding all this? Because I know there's more that I'm not aware of. Yeah. And I think that's valid. Even yeah. getting my own fiance to watch to come into this movie with me, she didn't finish all of Miss Marvel. She started mm-hmm. it, but she just wasn't able to finish it. And when, even when I was trying to recap it with her, I was like, 
wow, there's a lot of stuff about that show I don't remember. And then I was like, oh, yeah, because the stuff outside of Jersey wasn't that good. The stuff in Jersey was pretty decent. And even when I gave her, I was like, I know I'm wrong. And some things where I'm misremembering certain points. But just all you need to know, she has her powers. She can use her powers. And her friend said that she's a mutant. That's pretty much it. It's a really interesting thing that I kind of want to spend a little bit of time on. Because like I, I... didn't think about that as a possibility the the just the very fact that that show exists and the marvels is telling you everything you need to know they for this from those shows for this movie because not everything about wandavision is necessary for this movie no. not everything about miss marvel is necessary for this movie but it it's telling you exactly what you need to know but because of the very existence of those shows you know that there's more to to know and and so therefore you still feel like you're missing something. And it's such a fascinating look at that. I had never considered that. But it's also kind of a, an issue that we were kind of wondering if the MCU was going to run into when we were even the first time we discussed that these shows were even coming. Yeah. Uh, this the, like, <clears throat> well, how do you how do you kind of keep the audience engaged to the point where the shows feed into the movies or vice versa. How relevant are the shows going to be to the movies? Um, how much recap is going to be necessary? Um, and, you know, it's kind of like, for me, I looked at the Marvels using some of these kind of throwaway lines or even the remembrance sequence as when Steve Rogers was watching footage from the incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. Like not a lot of people saw that movie. Certainly not a lot of people saw that movie before the Avengers. Yeah. Um, and so like, I just figured it was a lot like that. I wonder if, I wonder if there even is a fix. Like maybe it's just, that's just the thing for the way for, it is for that particular angle where it's not just, I don't feel like this gave me everything I needed that I should have had to watch a show for. Cause I think the Marvels does a very good job of giving you everything you need to enjoy the movie. Yeah, but I think the fact that like you can sit there and watch Kamala show up in her family's home using her powers and in full costume and be like, oh, yeah, there's a whole show I didn't watch. And I don't know how you fight that. I don't know how you fix that problem Um, outside of like, again, just watch the show. Um, But I get like that's not for everybody. And I I don't know if there's a good way to to address it, um, because just the mere acknowledgement of its existence creates this idea that I don't have everything I need, even if that's not true. Um, that's hard. That's a, it's a really hard problem to have to deal with. And I think the Marvels handles it beautifully. I think, I think that you have so much wonderful stuff for Kamala and Monica that's given to you for you to be invested in these characters. Now I will say, I do think you have to have watched Captain Marvel. Um, oh, yeah. I don't yeah, I don't think that's uh, skippable to watch this movie. I think you have I think Monica her WandaVision exploits can be passed over in this movie the way that they are. But you have to know that character from Captain Marvel. You have to know she was the little girl who looked up to Carol. I think that does matter. Yeah, I, I mean, but no more than like Men in Black 2 feeds. Uh, you need to watch Men in Black 1 to understand Men in Black 2. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I, I, but I do think like that's a part of it that, that like has to be, you can't watch Miss Marvel and watch the Marvels, right? 
Right. You have to, you can't have skipped Captain Marvel as well. I mean, but, you know, there are far less people who skipped Captain Marvel than skipped Miss, the Miss Marvel because absolutely. Captain Marvel made no, a billion ab- dollars. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm saying like a grander, not this movie in particular, but like when you're trying to retrofit this problem, like this problem will have different ways of appearing itself. And that's yeah. one of them um, is those kinds of things. And like, I genuinely think that the more intermingling the MCU does will allow more opportunities for shorthand through those kind of things, because not as many characters will feel like they need to be introduced to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was, it did stand out to me that Monica had to say more than once. Yeah. I got my powers. Cause I walked through a witch hex. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. And I'm like, I'm hearing you. I don't know if the audience knows what that means. Really? <laughs> I don't know if that's a good way to shorthand WandaVision, but sure. I mean, but like the important thing about it is that she's that she's the little girl from Captain Marvel and uh, 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 Maria died in the inter in, during the blip. And when she came back, she was gone. She was gone. Um, uh, but real quickly on that on that scene, I really appreciate the inclusion of uh, Carol and, Ma- and Maria um, talking mm-hmm. during the blip, having that scene that we that's never been seen before. That's a new scene for this movie. Um, knowing that she had came, that she had come, uh, when when Maria was uh in remission, uh, it was a good was a good scene. Yeah, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know Monica didn't see that. Yeah, and now she's seeing that. I'm like, hey, I think that's that's yeah. They, there's some stuff that they go about in handling the character stuff, and I I think like the scroll thing was a very convenient um. The, the mind thing being there was a very convenient way for them to to kind of unravel that. Um, I also like Monica having like that bit of um, like Carol gets a little bit more of a pass for like everything she's been going through because Carol reveals that she's been using the device to try to recover her life before the Kree took her. She still doesn't have all and of she, it. And still, like she's still doing that to this day. And it's like, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's that's almost that's I think that's double Carol's life that like a whole half of it she's been trying to recover the first half mm-hmm. um, that's so tough uh, um, on that kind of like remembrance scene uh, at the end of it um, <clears throat> uh, Kamala just kind of like wordlessly gives Monica a hug I just think that's a good moment she says uh, yeah wordlessly asks she's like I'm really sorry your mom died uh, while you yeah, were, but while you were like, she just, yes, but it's like moment, it's like yeah, it's it's the impetus for it, and that like again, it's where she's working so well in the chemistry of the film because she pulls Carol in and is like, this is the thing you need to do. This is yeah. this is how, and like that's the thing, right? Is like there's kind of a all right, like it's not resolved, but like we're moving in a good direction, and then I don't feel like the trio gets tripped up very much mm-hmm. after that point. Um, in terms of the emotional character thing. I, I want to divert us to one thing because I really want to have a lot of fun with like everything else that we we really enjoy about the movie after this. It's the last dumb thing I want to talk about, and I only want to talk about it a little. Yeah. Man, fuck the scrolls, huh? <laughs> I mean, Carol left at the end of Captain Marvel, and they're like, yeah, she's going to go beat up the, the um, intelligence. And I'm like, yeah, but like, also she was going to find the scrolls at home first. And then she gave up on that and then went to the intelligence and like, 
it's so and then and then you get to hear and it's like there's a throwaway line in secret invasion about the emperor's colony which we see here yeah um who at the time that they say it in the show are kind of like by the context Talos says it implied to be the warring dangerous angry don't want peace scrolls which is not how they are at all at all (laughs) gee it sounds like secret invasion didn't need to happen here's here's the thing this is the only part i kind of i just want to address it i don't want to spend a bunch of time on it you guys totally say whatever you want to say this is all i want to say about it yeah i think it's really unfortunate that we've reached a point where unfortunately we've we've hit the moment where the MCU itself said these two things kind of contradict each other and can't exist in the same continuity. And like we hit that so hard in such a, it's not even about, did I like the show or not? It's that these things can't work together at all. Um, Nor do I think secret invasion will ever work with anything at all, because I don't think they're going to carry over anything from that show that was so hated. Um, It's really a bummer because I'm almost like, even even as I really hate what happens in that show, I care so much about the sense of the the cohesion of the universe. And it is so sad to watch it. I just don't understand how they fumbled this ball this this badly. Um, just the scrolls in a, in a general sense between these two projects, regardless of like what production stuff was going on behind the scenes or or what, like, it just feels like, no one was paying attention to what was happening between these two stories in terms of Nick Fury, in terms of the scrolls. It it's like, it makes no sense. And it's just so, it's so disheartening to see, but, but also I'm super, super grateful that this movie doesn't acknowledge that show whatsoever because I'd be more upset if it did. Ben, do you want to say something? Um, after seeing this movie, yeah, secret evasion didn't need to happen. So I, I wonder about the world where this comes out after what this comes out before secret invasion. Um, because like, would that feel at all better? But I don't think it would. Um, there's there. Sparks and I talk a lot about our own personal film collections. We are very much of the same mind, physical media for life. Um, we have large film collections that we have cultivated for decades, uh, and we will continue to do so until David Zaslov comes into my um, to my house and rips away my copies of every Warner Brothers film um, by hand. Um, but I, I have a a a, a complete collection uh, of the MCU uh, that I'm very happy with. Uh, I don't have the Netflix shows. Um, currently um but you know i have i bought recently bought loki on blu-ray i've got all the films i've got agent carter um secret invasion and let me say and i will buy every marvel show that i can get my hands on that they are going to return that they're going to put on blu-ray should they want to i will never buy secret invasion yeah i'm 100 in the same as you I will never, ever buy that I spend, show. I won't spend a dime on it. Um, it is... it. I totally agree with you, Sparks, about 
this kind of like I also care deeply about the cohesion of this universe. I, I we we strong arm Ryan into doing a play by play of the timeline of the MCU years ago before Endgame was coming out. We were we pieced it together because you and I care so deeply about it. Yeah, because we love being a part. We love doing it. We love reading about it. We love experience it. We love talking about it it's so much like how does this connect to that it's been a joy in our life for years but the connection that's but secret invasion feels so detached from that cohesion so uh, unnecessary to the franchise so without any enjoyment or or redeeming quality that it just feels like a how how do the first five seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. feel like they belong more to the MCU than Secret Invasion does? I, I don't how, get it. How, when it comes from not Marvel Studios, is that true? And, and like, I, and, and like, here's the thing. It's just kind of the thing that, that I was trying to remember. When Captain Marvel came out and everyone was like, oh, the scrolls are the good guys. That's interesting. What are we doing with that? What's going to happen? And Kevin Feige's like, well, oh, maybe not all the scrolls are good guys. And like I was like, okay, well, that's how we're doing Secret Invasion. That's kind of a cool idea that we can really like mine. And they did that, and it was garbage. Uh, and the very next project, not the next project with Loki, but like the the next next project was to have the scrolls be on a colony. Looks like a planet to me. Looks like they found a home. Uh, they 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 have a, a, a an emperor there. Looks like a nice place. That uh, the Kree come and destroy, and that that's some tension. That's some that's some stakes. That's that's all right. But like, and then Valkyrie comes away, comes back, and just like, okay, bye. I did like seeing her yeah, again. Like too. removed from the context of Secret Invasion, I love it. Yeah, me too. Honestly, honestly, zero problems. Zero problems, right, Ben? Valkyrie, ben? Valkyrie. Uh, how did Valkyrie get there though? Didn't Thor: Love and Thunder? Confirm that Thor is the only one who can use the Bifrost. Well, maybe Thor did it for her. Maybe Thor maybe. did it for her. That's a good point. <clears throat> yeah, Thor could probably just be like, "Oh, you need to go there." Okay, boop boop. There you go. Have fun. I appreciated the kind of nod to the um, very popular uh, ship that Valkyrie and Captain Marvel, uh, the Valkyrie and Captain Marvel thing that happened after Endgame. Yeah. Um, the I thought that was cute, and I, I appreciated it. It was just nice to see her. Yeah, I wish it had been a full surprise, but it wasn't. Oh yeah, because it's in the it's in literally the last trailer that dropped for this movie. Oh, I didn't okay. see the last trailer. It was a complete uh, surprise to me. Real, I didn't see it. Real quick, this is also one last thing I want to talk about. Really has nothing to do with the movie. Boy, that last trailer was the most desperate trailer I've ever seen in my life. Me too. Holy moly! Me ben, too. you should go watch the third Marvels trailer. Um, it's worth doing because they shove. Steve Rogers, Tony Stark, Thanos into that trailer. They practically tell you they're going to tease the X-Men in that trailer. Like there's almost, a new, almost verbatim. I'm um, pretty sure there's a new line from Thanos never before spoken in the franchise. And, and to me, there it's 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 like manufactured out two of his lines. Yeah. In audio. Yes, you're right. Um they make it sound yeah. Um there's a line from Thanos that makes it sound like uh, other people are going to come finish the work I started, and that implies this villain in the Marvels is is the next. 
it literally is like selling a movie that this movie is not. And I was like, boy, what are you thinking? Like, even even if this got more people in theaters, don't you think they're going to be pissed that this is not the movie that you're telling I, them it is? I would. I would. Definitely yeah, it was. It about was. That. It's a really bad trailer, Ben. It's a really bad trailer. You really should watch it because it's like, holy shit, you guys are scared. You're so <laughs> desperate and you're making it so obvious. What did it say? Like what? Uh, you won't want to miss what happens next. <gasps> oh, and then the and then the X lingers. Get out of here! <laughs> oh yeah, you know I think I saw like a TV spot that's like the thing that changes everything. And I'm like, and like, and like, I never goes, needed, I never needed the Marvels to be that movie, no, right? No. Like, I want, I, I was sold from the which first is good because it I isn't. Was, Right. I was sold from the first trailer. I was like, yeah. this is the movie I want the Marvels to be. Looks, and it looks was so that. fun. Yeah. Yeah. That first trailer was a banger. That 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 was so fun. I'm really glad that they used that trailer music for that montage sequence. Yes. Oh, uh Beastie uh, Boys. Yeah. The whole uh, trying to learn how their abilities work and doing the jump roping and the switch switching places, especially the like we have to use our powers at the exact same time. It's not just if someone uses our powers, I'm like, Oh, very creative. Okay. There's a lot of like, why does who switch with who and when and all that stuff. I, I think that not only was it really well thought out and really well written and like a really hard concept when you think about it to pull off, it was visually splendid. That first action scene, as we talked about incredible, honestly, yeah. the choreography, the thoughtfulness of who was doing what, when um, swapping those three characters around Nia DaCosta's direction is brilliant through it. I I love it. Uh, it's so I, fun. Oh, hold up, hold up, Brandon. Yeah, Just go ahead. One of the best parts about that opening fight scene. It's like, hey, Monica, you better fly or else Kamal's not going to graduate high school. And then two seconds later, oh, we're cool. It's just Carol. Uh, no, it's just the yeah, black girl magic. Poof. Um, I really like how they visualize Monica's powers real quickly. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's incredible how she's able to take. There's one shot in the first fight sequence, which I freaking love, where Kree gets like thrown and she like flies through him and then punches him back. I was like, that's awesome. That that's incredible. Cool. Um, I also like how it presents problems because she can't catch anyone while she's flying. Yes. Uh, she can't be solid while she's flying. I thought that was really cool. Um, and and that I think I think they visualize uh, Monica's powers very well. Um, I, I was very happy with them. Um, but and Ben Ben already mentioned the line, but the line when when it's um, when they're because Kamal is falling, and then um, uh, Carol uh, and then Carol, it ends up Carol falls, and it just oh, it's just Carol. Um, I was cackling in the theater. It was me too. Many moments in this movie had me on the floor laughing my ass off. There's my favorite joke in the whole movie is when Monica is kind of like, oh, can you believe how show off she she is? And just as Captain Marvel's breaking stuff, you just see Miss Marvel go, oh, Captain, my captain, just dead, just mm -hmm. dead. <laughs> my, very, my very favorite good. Bit. Um, in in relation, just real quick, Ben, to the oh, it's just Carol bit. I think what they did so well was the when Carol flies up and then the clouds part slightly and you just hear Kamala screaming in the same yeah. shot because they've swapped places and yeah. Fury just being like, oh, you got to learn to fly. You got to learn to fly real quick. You got you to gotta fly right now. Yeah. Um, um, 
one thing Go I ahead. do want to, I, I just want to, I don't want to mention, well, I do want to mention it because I can tell that Samuel Jackson is having 10 times more fun on this set than he did the entirety of Secret Invasion. I was and about to say the same thing. It was, and that's all I'm going to say about it, but Samuel L. Jackson was an absolute hoot to watch this movie. I absolutely loved all of his interactions. My personal favorite bit is when they're falling from the space elevator and um, Kamal's brother is praying in Arabic and he goes, looks, and Samuel Jack and Nick Fear looks over and is like, are you praying? He stops and he's like, don't stop! And he keeps going and he just yells, amen, every three seconds as they're falling because he, he, I mean, obviously Samuel Jackson's not um, uh, Islam, or he's not a Muslim, but still, it was hilarious because they're falling, and he's like, "Don't stop! We just need, we need all the help we can get." Uh, the Khan family are such wonderful energy as well in this movie. I'm so glad that they came along for the amount that they did. I think they're in the movie the right amount. I think they're yeah. in there the right way. I think they're very. Um, they add this levity. I'm so glad that they're part of Fury's story. I think that brings so much to the table for both sam jackson and for them mm -hmm. um i think it really really rewards you uh if you've watched the show but i also think it just rewards you if you like nick fury because it just mm -hmm. gives you this whole other avenue like you can go to this movie and it's just like well nick fury's just stuck with the family now because that teen hero has to go off and fury's like caught in all this and one of my favorite jokes inside of that moment real quick before you jump in brandon mm -hmm. is the uh is the one guy on the save on saber who it's like says he's like, I am 306 years old. And uh, then the son is sitting there on his phone, and he's like, wow, you're the same age. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to bring, there's so much I want to bring up right now, because like now that we're talking about like all the things that, like all the fun moments like that, I'm just yeah, yeah. like buzzing right now, because like I had a really great time with the movie. Like um, that guy who's like 300 years old um, reminds me of, again, like going back to like, like yo, Coulson. Like just some just a random character that's really funny. Just get some really like standout moments that you remember. Um, he it, exactly the character I wanted to see in this kind of movie. Kind of a kind of character that we don't really see often in the MCU anymore. Um, yeah. And I, I I really love that character. I think he's a lot of fun. There's a there's a line when all the flurkin eggs are are have like infested the station. He's just like the uh, emergency the escape deck is uh, offline. Don't you ever come with me with good news? We have no escape pods left. That's not good news. Yeah. Um, it's just the the deadpan humor that Nick that uh, Samuel Jackson is able to play with. This is my favorite performance. One of my favorite performances of Sam Jackson. I think he's always great as Nick Fury. Always great. But it's the only reason I it's the only reason I got through Secret Invasion. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, but like this is the kind of fury I really like to see. I think he's very good in Captain Marvel. Also, I re I think he's really funny in in this movie. Um, he's able to that even that for that first fight scene, he's able to get some really like standout moments. Like when Kamala in the trailer, when Kamala throws him the gun, and he just like gets like, uh, catches it. Great moment. It it has a lot of not to give Whedon too much credit, but a lot of I know one of your favorite moments and mine as well, Brandon. Um, from the Avengers, where where he says, "Is the sun rising? Then put it on the left." Um, yeah. It has a lot of that Nick Fury energy injected into this, where he's like, "God damn it! Sometimes I'm surrounded by stupid people." Yeah, mm -hmm. um, and he's like, he's like holding the fucking egg. He's like, "Are we doing anything about this?" Um, <laughs> um, Especially like you, when he comes, he comes to the Khan's house, and he's just so like. Can we just like, where's your daughter? <laughs> Stop asking 
Too many questions. <laughs> Where is and, your daughter? And just Kamala just runs up and she goes, hi. She, you know, she's all happy and he's like, uh. It's, it, you definitely get the vibe of theory. He's like, I'm getting too old for this shit. Like, he's just like, ah, uh, great. Here we go I, again. I, I, I just are, that. I, I, I got a different vibe. I got a vibe of like, this is a weird situation, but all right. I, I think Weirdest I think Tuesday Brandon's, of my I life. Brandon's pretty close to it, where it's um, where it's very much. I think Fury's reached this, the the version that we were having here at least. He's very much in this uh, stage of like, what wild shit am I going to see today? And then yeah. he's like, I've been through it. And then he'll he'll be standing next to somebody who hasn't been through it, and he'll be like, man, you gotta you gotta get with it. <laughs> like it's, it, it, it's it's happening. Just I go with that, it. I feel Vibes. like that's like the essentially like the first time like the first time yes. yes very much that mentality um, um I, if he can bring the same and i think he did like he loves working with brie larson by all accounts it seems he had a great time working with mon Valani as well yeah um if you want to like have fury shadow the young avengers shadow lead them i'm all for it if he's going to be like this same. Um, I'm I'm all all for that because he's having such a good time. I think the more he's paired with with the the characters who can have a good time, he's going to be having a good time, and I think that really works for him right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much more I want to get to. I know we're getting um, a little late, but talking about the Khan family, um, what I feel like is super rewarding if you watch the show is the dynamic between Kamala and her mom. Obviously, when you get to the end of the show, they're in a pretty good place. But seeing her worry about her daughter, but also be so proud of her in this movie, um, that feels very fulfilling if you watch the show. That is something where, like, you don't need to have watched the show, but you are rewarded for it um, in that sense the emotionality of where I think they nailed Kamala and where her family are um, as progress from the show very, very well. Um, This is a family that has rallied around her as a superhero. uh, And that's wonderful to see. I think they, I think they got that across really well and they have such great, um, is Captain Marvel pressuring you? Uh, Kind (laughs) of they're They're so good. They're so fun in this movie. I honestly can't sing their praise. And I think every minute of having the family present with Kamala was so wonderful. And I got so emotional at the end when they're going to the Louisiana house and Kamala's family is helping Carol move. And I'm like, like a little, Oh, they're a little family unit. This is so sweet. When Miss Marvel had ended, when we knew that Iman Delaney was going to be in the Marvels. um, And we knew the Marvels was coming with uh, Monica, uh, Iman, uh, Kamala and 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 uh, Captain Marvel. Um, we had said, and you, you were you're specifically shepherding this point that like it would be a shame if the cons aren't in the movie. Um, yes, I I remember like right when the show ended too that I was saying with you guys that um, I I expect them to be in pretty much that first action scene, right? Yeah. Uh, what we get in that first action scene, and then they wouldn't go to Saber and the rest of it. Maybe at the very end of the movie, we see them again. But they are in this movie, and yeah. they are wonderful. Um, God, there's so much more I want to talk about. Um, Flurkins. Let's talk about Flurkins. Genius. You wonderful. Funniest scene in the entire movie where you hear memories as they're eating people, and God. you hear a guy in the PA system say, when- 
don't let he's saying let the flurkins eat you i truly didn't see it coming let the flurkins eat you i truly didn't see it coming i was like all right there's a there's clearly going to be a lot of flurkins but like what are we doing with them and then it's like this is the plan this is how we get out and i'm like you son of a bitch you son of a bitch (laughs) mcu this is so good it's so brilliant uh, when Kamala puts up the wall to stop the person feels, from r- running, it, it feels like not to like give too much, you know, credit on style or or anything, but like it feels like a Guardians of the Galaxy level, well yeah. built up joke, um, and what they would do, and like it's it's like funny in its horror, yeah. Um, yeah. I I love it, and I love the idea of like these people who make not minimum wage, but I mean they're working for a corporation, and and it's like. By the way, please allow the flurkins to eat you. Don't run. And it's like, man, I don't get paid enough. (laughs) (laughs) I just love how this whole thing was like a comedy horror sequence where people are screaming in terror from being eaten by flurkins. And we all know they're going to be fine. But then just like, I just like, go ahead. You know what? I just love how it's like a great horror movie trope where you see where this one person is running like goose and the other kitten and they're hiding behind a wall and then they're right there and it's like their eyes open up and gleam. even though that's not what happens in the movie. They just, they turn around because they think they're like, I lost them. I lost them. Now they're right there. <laughs> the fact that Goose was like shepherding his kittens to do this too. Um, uh-huh. Having having Kamala like throw up one of her walls when a person is running from the flurkins and he turns back and she's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like <laughs> it eats them against her wall. I like this, so, this is so dark. Also, I just like when Captain Marvel shows up and she's talking to Fury and Fear is like and she's like, what are you doing? He's like, no, this is how we're like if the flurkins eat them, we could get everyone in the escape pods because we're just gonna hurt. She's like so we're just, like the second she says, so we're basically hurting cats. And Nick Fury goes, "Yeah," and so they just run here, kitty, kitty, kitty. I the, that broke me. I thought that was I, hilarious. I will. I I hate the musical Cats. Mm-hmm. I think it is a terrible, terrible musical. I Angela Bever is a good is a good creator, uh, a musical creator. I think that show is awful, um, and the movie is is comparably awful um uh i think that this what worse that movie's worse yeah i which is honestly a feat the fact that you make cats worse congratulations (laughs) they should have just they should have just let jason derulo say his own name in the song (laughs) um i think that this movie including the musical it is from is the best use of the song Memories, bar none. It's very good. It's very funny. When it it's crescendos, well. when it crescendos as the cats are being are, are leaving the escape in the escape pod as they're floating, memories I'm like just killed me. Just I just laughed. I was laughing me. really hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a ton of fun. I had a really good time with that. You know what put me off though? Yeah. We are on that shot of Goose licking themselves with those tentacles a little too long. There's a little too much eye contact with Fury for that shot. It like goes, it goes like two seconds too long where I'm like, I'm getting uncomfortable here. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Goose is just like, like we, spent, we spent a little too much time CGI these ten, this tentacle licking. <laughs> um, we've already talked about how great Amon Bellani is. Um, I really did not 
one of the things I was really, I, we knew the X Men thing was happening. Uh, we 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 knew that in general because anybody who watched the last trailer, we knew the X Men thing was happening. We knew, yeah. Uh, just real quick, because I I have an idea of where you're heading, and I just want to yeah. interject one of my favorite, just like Imam Balani. It's not just that it's a funny line, which it is. It's brilliant. She kills it in delivery. Is when the bad guy finally recognizes that she has the other quantum band on her. And she's like, mm -hmm. where did you get that? And she's like, my grandma sent it to me in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I, I died. That was I laughing. I, was so she, I, yeah. She's like, where did you get that? My grandma mailed it to me. Like, just like, I don't know what you want, man. And that's yeah. how I got it. I, uh, so I think Im Iman Vellani is great. We knew that Valkyrie was in the movie. We knew the X-Men were going to be in the movie, but I know it was never revealed that Kate Bishop was going to be in this movie. Had no um, idea. Any of the marketing, down. none of the leaks. Awesome. Loved I it. Down. I was, I was so excited. Uh, and lucky and lucky. Oh God. I had such, a, I was, was so happy with that. Um, I I've heard some people talk about like, the on the noseness, like cool. So like Kamala saw Iron Man, I guess, because she repeats like verbatim what Nick said. And like, I agree with the argument that someone else made, which is Miss Marvel is 100% the character who had this idea and asked Nick Fury, how did you do it? And asked him to, to tell her the story of recruiting Iron Man so that she could repeat it almost verbatim in trying yeah. to do it to Kate Bishop. Very cute. I I personally love it. As yeah. a fan of her, as a fan of the MCU, as a fan of her being a fan of the MCU and Marvel Comics, I'm like, please go off Queen. Yep, 100. I had no issues with that. Um, I love. <laughs> I want to seeing... get together a bunch of teen Avengers. I'm 23, young adult Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> I I really like Kate Bishop from the Hawkeye series. Um, obviously, Haley Steinfeld is is great. Uh, really happy to see that kind of come around. It felt really interesting that like two TV shows, three TV shows were represented in this movie. Um, which, which, in fairness, though, I think perhaps the Kate Bishop thing probably throws anybody who's never seen Hawkeye. Like, who the hell is this guy? And mm -hmm. honestly, I'm like, you know, I I don't care. Kate Bishop yeah. needs to be in things. So like, either you're with it or you're not. This is the new Hawkeye. Get over it. I don't care. You're gonna love her. It's Haley Steinfeld. Nobody's going to complain about Haley Steinfeld. Everyone loves Haley Steinfeld. And Pizza Dog is such an iconic character at this point. Like you would know. You would like, oh, if you haven't seen Hawkeye, like Kate, people know who Kate Bishop is. Like, do you want to know? Do you want to know who Kate Bishop is? There's a television show that you can go watch. <laughs> and guess what? I really like that one. Um, I yeah, I love I love I love it. I, I love the I I do think it's weird. Um that it is the ending of the movie and not a post-credits mm -hmm. thing. I do think while I like the lead in of her talking with Carol, I kind of wish the movie buttoned on Carol and Kamala in Louisiana and it was a post-credits. So yeah. I felt like the movie's story ended um, before they did that. But it, it, I'm splitting hairs if I do that. Like, it's not really that big of a deal. I think I think um, it's wonderful, uh, very much like the in the mail line, the like, where did you find all that information on me? This was under my couch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the transparent pad that hides classified information. Not at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Imam Balani's delivery of that, please, at the end. 
uh, pitch perfect pitch yeah. pitch perfect um what an incredible show uh, uh like a uh, appearance to have for kate bishop mm. um really happy you went you took us there brandon i'm um, going back a bit um we've talked about like I, I can't say it enough the leads work so well together i think um Great. this time around brie larson has um so much more i think ownership of the character and confidence in playing her than she got to have with either Captain Marvel or Endgame. Yeah. Um, because I think that was so such disparate parts of Carol's identity that she didn't get a foundation on either one um, the whole way through because of the nature of it. And like, I'm not saying she did a bad job in Captain Marvel. I, I quite like her in that movie. I just think that she never got to like, here I feel her forming a personality of of who it, do I want Carol to be because half of the movie she can't she she's not allowed by the nature of the story of Captain Marvel she's not allowed to know exactly who she wants Carol to be yeah um, I agree and here I feel like I really like her um, I really love things like the the energy she brings to bits where she's asking Kamala to remember where the coordinates were and she's like oh so you saw where it was where was it and she's like the stars and she's like. <laughs> That's great. That's okay. That's great. <laughs> like Carol, like low key stress, but like yeah, that's okay. It's, um, it's like okay, um, you're not wrong, but yeah, I like never her, seen a Star Trek before. I like Carol's ship. Um, I think I, there's a lot of personality in that ship that I quite like. Um, I want to also. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, please, please. You have a thought. I want to shout out the costume design of this film. Yes, um, thank you. Which uh, I think is. There's been a lot of mixed mixed talk about Kamala's second suit. I don't love it, if I'm honest. I think it's a little too overly designed. Um, but I really like Photon or Monica. Um, and I really like Carol's second suit, the one that she that has the big star and the, yeah. that she gets on um the water planet. I think that suit rules. Um and that Captain Marvel dress that she yeah. gets into for like a minute is yeah. incredible. Incredible. So good. I, I will only push, I don't want to push back on the design, but Carol's second costume, I don't know, could have been a little bit more brighter. It was a little too dark for me. I would, I will, I'll kind of go on, I'll kind of agree with you on, it's a little, it's a little dark, but I think design wise, it's really no, no, cool. Design, yes. Colors, a little bit brighter. Other than that, I, but I do like the dress. I kind of agree with you, Ben. I do think that like, it could have gone a little closer to the color scheme of her original outfit. That being said, the, this movie is noticeably more palatably colorful than yeah. a lot of other MCU films in a way that the Guardians films usually are. Nia DaCosta clearly had a little more control over like what the color palette for this movie was. So even though her costume is darker, I don't feel like it's lost oh, no. in the way I think it would be in other MCU films that are not as good about separating out their power yeah i really want to i really want to like uh highlight you know like legitimately like you know as you would like with a book of what what sparks just said like highlight like the color palette of this movie is really good uh mm -hmm. in a way that I, I i the first captain marvel i don't think is um uh and in a way that the 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 guardians films often are um you know it's very much it's very much that, that kind of again it's the MC, it's an mcu film that i've kind of been dying to see for a long time in a lot of ways i think it's very bright and beautiful and fun in its color again i think nia da costa while the edit has chopped up some of her work 
I think Nia DaCosta is a really good director. I think she was a good choice for this. I think she brings a lot of good direction to the performances and to the structure of this film. Um, Even as it does get chopped up, I feel that she, she really has a mind for movement. And I mean, movement of a story and movement of a, of a film as a whole. And I bringing like some of the Candyman stuff to that too. I think she really knows what she's doing with that. Um, this is a good time to shout out Laura Cartman, um, Laura Cartman who composed the score okay, for this yeah. movie. Um, Laura Cartman, this is her first blockbuster movie score. She's in her sixties. Um, she is the composer of Lovecraft country and wow. Miss Marvel and several episodes of what if, um, so she knows how to play with the themes. And honestly, like her score stands out pretty well, I think, in the movie. But if you go listen to that score on its own, she's wild. She is using some wild instruments. And shout out to just the way she structures things. Um, if you go listen to the singing pieces from the planet, you can really hear a lot of the individual things that are going on that people are singing, like how they're having conversations. Um, I highly, highly recommend listening to the score on its own. But um, I think Cartman and Natalie Holt, who did Loki, are two of the the best composers for the MCU currently. Yeah. Should we talk about the post credit scene or the mid credit scene? I should say. Um, let me think real quick. If there was anything else? I don't think like I didn't. I I gave Brie Larson a little bit of flowers there. I do want to say, I think Tayona Paris is also just magnetic. I think she's crushing it. Um, her her energy next to Kabbalah, specifically on, on the water planet, where she's just like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> she has two so, drinks in her hand. Yeah, yeah, she's got both the drinks and, and she's just like turns back to Carol once the dress is there. And she's like, what is happening? Um, <laughs> I just love how she turns over to come It's like, so how many chapters of your Cap Marvel fan fiction is this giving you all of them? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think she's, I really like her here. Um, I think she has so much, her, she also has a lot more expressiveness and fun than what she had room to do in WandaVision. Yeah. Um, and I really love it. I think she's, she's such a delight. Uh, I, I truly hope, I hope we get to see these three, not necessarily like, honestly, though, I would do another movie. I would do yeah, another the where it's just these three doing something. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we're not going to get that. We're going to get them. Like if they do get all meshed up again, it's going to be in something else, but I would do it. They're so good together. Um, yeah. this is what I, I would... mean about that like, team up energy that has been missing kind of like the first time you watch the Avengers come together. Uh, obviously those are more characters than those are, those are those stars. But like, I really think these three are wonderful and you get such a rush from watching them engage with each other. I I'm, I'm with you. Like I'd watch another, I'd watch the Marvels too, or I guess a, in this case three. Um, but like, yeah, I, I, I would, I would in a heartbeat. I think this movie is very delightful and they're the three of them are great together. Like, great together uh the chemistry is wonderful all three actors are great um i'd watch i'd 100 watch another one uh, post credit uh, mid credits then yeah y'all like kelsey Grammer? i do <laughs> <laughs> i 
I mean, uh, I'm, I, in, I got, I'm indifferent to Kelsey Grammer as an actor. I got nostalgia for Kelsey Grammer Beast. So really, I, can I nostalgia ask why? X three? Can I ask why you have nostalgia for X for X Men Three: The Last Stand? Look, when I was a kid, it was Wolverine Beast. Um, I loved those characters, and then when Beast finally came I get, in X three, I was, get I was happy Beast. To see him. I get Beast. Like, yeah, you want to have like you know the X Men, the X Men animated shows, and you're like, yeah, Beast is my favorite. Cool, but like Kelsey Grammer Beast, uh, really, that does it for you. Uh, hey man, I can't really explain it. It's like hey, Christopher man. Nolan trying to explain why Rick uh, Talladega Nights is one of his favorite movies. I just I mean, like it. I mean, Kelsey Grammer for that vibe, for the specific vibe Ben's talking about a Beast, you're not going to get that from Nicholas Holt. So. No, mm-hmm, that's, I that's don't go wrong. I like Nicholas Holt, but Kelsey Grammer is like, yeah, it's like, yeah. I want to talk got... about. I want to talk about the thing I like about the scene before I talk about the thing I, that kind of ruins it for me. Sure. Um, and this is very much a. The movie is done, so I don't really count this as like part of the movie. It's the post credit. It's the mid credit scene. It's kind of. It's kind of whatever. Um, having Monica reunite with a version of Maria. Who is again a superhero in another in a parallel world? Which, right. which, real quick, just because we were just talking about Taylor Paris, oh my God, does she break my heart when she thinks this is her mom? Yes, I believe her so much. The way that she gets so emotional so fast, seeing her, um, crushing it. Yes. Honestly, I I think she's. I think the scene is played great. I think it's really interesting. It creates such an interesting dynamic for Monica to have to deal with um, and wherever that, wherever the story thread gets picked up next, um, which is most likely secret wars, honestly. Um, I I hope not though. Um, And so like, I really like see, so I, I really like that scene. It's really interesting. It's really fun. It's really kind of like, yeah, uh, there, there's something here that you can mine. Uh, that I'm engaged with, but the but the whole scene like tanks for me once Kelsey Grammer shows up because mm-hmm. I I I lived through the 2000 superheroes films. I like some of those films. I Blade X Men X Two is great. I love X Two. Uh, the two Spider Man, the first two Spider Man films. I never needed to relive that or be reminded of that era of superhero films again. Um, I, I, it's the same reason why I don't really like the Sony, the Sony Marvel films, because like they feel like those movies and I'm like, I'm good. I've seen those. I'm 100% fine with never seeing them again. Um, there's no like sense of interest in me to kind of go back to that, to those worlds. Um, I feel very strongly that the Fox X-Men films should kind of have died with Fox. Um, uh, maybe died with Days of Future Past, let's be honest. Maybe, maybe died with Days of Future Past, Oh, yeah. well, except for Logan. Sure, Logan's great. Logan's great. Um, as far as the stuff go, like, obviously I have nostalgia for Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Um Because he comes from, from a good movie. Um, and he has many good movies. Um <laughs> that he has done that role in uh unlike kelsey Grammer as beast um also though arguably the worst yeah origins wolverine exists too 
That's yeah, that's true. But like, you know, Logan, I really like the Wolverine, uh, the first two X-Men films. Um, and uh, like, again, and I say all this knowing that Deadpool three is, is knowing what that film might be and kind of seeing what I kind of want that film to be like, all right, Deadpool three has very much the potential to do something really fun and interesting with, with that franchise, with those characters. Um, and, and with the, the Fox verse, uh, Marvel films, but like, sure nothing is less interesting that's not true that's really hyperbolic um i am disinterested in a version of the multiverse that is just the fox x-men films and one of the reasons and we talked about this earlier like one of the reasons why i like dr strange the multiverse of madness um two reasons why i like dr strange the multiverse of madness is one professor xavier gets his head uh gets his neck snapped um which is really gruesome and really interesting and a fun way to use that, to bring back that character. Um, but it's also a mixture of old and new versions of characters that we already know. Um, Maria as Captain Marvel. Um, and um, we see Black Bolt and um, it's weird that Eon Grifford is not Reed Richards in that movie. Very strange to me, but like, you know, there's, there's different characters there, but no, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> um, it's a, because because of the way the film, like it's all actors that we've met before. No, no, no. I get you. I get you. It's just weird that it's it's John Krasinski really. Stands I'll be out. real. I'll be really fast. I swear. I'll be really fast. Uh, I'm glad that they did it there because um, I don't like when Marvel has been like, we're just going to do the fan casting thing. And sure, I'm like, yeah. cool, do your do your one John Krasinski and then move on. Fine. Fine, I agree with you that thematically branded it should be him. Um, it should be Grufford, but whatever. If it means we don't get main MCU John Krasinski, I'll take it. Sure. Um, but like all this is to say that like if you wanted to do a parallel universe where Monica sees her mother alive um as Quasar, um that's really interesting. It doesn't need to be the Fox X-Men films, though. Mm. Um, like, I don't understand. Like, it, Secret Wars only kind of tangentially interests me at this moment. And it because, I'm like, it doesn't, I'm not really interested in a Secret Wars that we keep hearing of, like, Ben Affleck's coming back as Daredevil, Nicholas Cage's coming back as Ghost Rider, the Van Forstick kids are coming back. Like, I don't want to see any of these people back in these roles at all. I'm good. I, I'd, I'd take Nicholas Cage personally, but I get you. Only because I like Nicolas Cage a lot as an actor. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, you want to give me like five minutes of Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider, like doing something, then whatever. Go, go ham. But like, I don't care to revisit bad movies. I want to kind of, I, the, the multiverse is really exciting when it's new and different and fun and engaging. And like, you're doing stuff like, uh, what was the biggest criticism of what if? It wasn't interesting. Why? Like, what if still has like ideas, like the new season of what if looks looks like it's got some really interesting ideas and i really hope they pay it off but like i want to see like chris evans play steve rogers writing a writing devil dinosaur uh mm -hmm. in a planet hook like that would be great that's uh, from the comics but like seeing the multiverse is fun because you get to see characters in ways that you've never seen them before and i don't really like the multiverse being used as a way to be like hey remember nostalgia um and that's that's really what that i'm reading a lot into just like 
two minutes of Kelsey Grammer in CGI beast makeup. Um, but like that, it really doesn't work for me because I don't have nostalgia for that character. I don't have nostalgia for that era of, of Marvel films. I don't really care to see them revisit that in this way. I do have a lot of interest in seeing Monica and Maria and a Maria who doesn't know who she is though. Yeah. So have I made unfortunately, my point? <laughs> unfortunately, that will never be the focus of a story going. Forward. I know. Which I've made my point though. Like I don't need to keep going, right? No, no, no. It's it, I, I get it. Um, it's clear. I think that the the thing is like like it or not, you know, we are headed for a how they're going to close out the multiverse saga is by pulling in these other properties, yeah. Um, and and like utilizing them. And I think that honestly, we have to just embrace it and hope that um along the way we also get enough injection of new to keep things fresh and not getting too stale. And as long as we can hit that, then it's like, yeah, celebrate your your legacy. I get it also because like it's personal for Kevin Feige deeply. Um, it goes back to his roots. I understand that. Excuse me, cat. You got you got my headphones. Hold on. Sparks sorry. is being is, Sparks is being attacked by a flurkin, everyone. God. Um in the butt sometimes um sorry uh so i think that like stop it um i think we have to embrace that you know this is this is coming one way or another and just kind of hope for the for the best of it um i think that like what what is the alternative if you're gonna do this right if you're gonna do um monica's with a world of x-men is you i guess either you just you just don't show any of the other x-men and it's just that you get lashana lynch who is brilliant, and I'm glad we're keeping Lashana Lynch around. But, like, if you show someone else's be someone new, right, then there becomes all this, like, ooh, is this the new MCU beast? Is this, because it's a new actor stepping in, is this going to be our our person? Is this going to, blah, 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 blah. I mean, people haven't shut up about John Krasinski since he showed up. So, like, you know, it, it it's kind of looking like the way they're going to introduce the X-Men if the rumors are true that Secret Wars is going to be kind of a soft reboot, this is exactly what I didn't want them to do when introducing the X-Men. It sounds like they're going to use a soft reboot to be like, and then and now the X-Men are part of this universe. And that's how they're going to recast all the X-Men actors and characters and create a whole new brand of X-Men. And it, I don't, I just kind of wanted the X-Men to just exist in the universe. We're too deep, though. That's the problem. I didn't think it was impossible, though. I really didn't. I think once we got to the end game point, it became. Yeah. Once you decided there was a five year gap, like we got to talk about mutants. Like somebody has to be talking about the X Men. Some of the X Men, unless all of the X Men weren't blipped, like somebody has to be coming out and talking about stuff or doing something that makes them more aware of them. I, I just, I think once you hit infinity war and Endgame and you didn't say the X-Men were out there, you, you have to like, there has to be some establishment reason of why they're showing up now. They can't have existed in the world this whole time. It's, it's too, it's too, they're too big is the problem because we're not just talking about like the main ones in the school. Yeah. We're talking about mutants, all the mutants of the X-Men. And that's just, it's just too many characters. It's just too many characters who have lived this whole time without anybody talking about them or acknowledging them. But I mean, then they, then they bring in Kamala as a mutant. Mm -hmm. So I get, so like Kamala is Kamala the only mutant in the MCU. 
Well, I don't know. Monica could be a mutant, too. Yeah, I guess that's true. They've left open that implication. Um, I don't think it... Because the thing is, like, whatever they're going to do to bring in X-Men is going to change it anyway. Um, yeah. I think there's an amount of... Like, if you really want me to be honest about it, Brandon, get slightly into it, is is just... There's a little too much flying by the sea of the pants and, like, making Miss Marvel a mutinous because, like, I think that would be really fun for us to play with in some way. But, like, they they don't have a plan. Mm. When they made that decision, you know, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I I hear I hear your qualms. I understand them. I even relate to them to an extent, but I find it. I would like this scene far less if it was just her and Beast, right? I'd be yeah, much too. more in your camp. But because Lashana Lynch is there, I'm kind of like, eh, you get a pass from me. I mean, I would also like the scene a lot less. Like, I'm not saying I dislike the scene at all. I just. But if it was, I, but, but honestly, if it was, if it's if she wakes up and Beast is like, oh, you look like you're doing. Da, 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 da. What do you think, doctor? And then it's Famke Jansen. And I'd be like, man, this is but it's like, are. it's such a it's it's I don't like he's only there to to do the Leo meme, right? He's only there for that shot of nostalgia serotonin. And I'm like, I don't need that. The other end of it, the other end of it, though, is that there are people who are really jazzed because of this post credit scene. There are like people ben. that this there are people that this really worked for, that it yeah. woke them up and made them feel alive again and engaged. I'm I'm I I mean I said woke them up to pick a bed, but like I'm being sincere. Like there's a lot of people who like it it did do the thing they wanted it to do. It got them hyped, got them pumped. Mm-hmm. Um for me, I think it's even less about um Personally, it's even less about like which X-Men are appearing, why and for what purpose. I'm tired of teases like this. Mm-hmm. Um, these kind of teases don't work for me anymore of like <clears throat> X-Men eventually. Um, <laughs> and and like I'm, I'm losing I'm losing the interest in that. Um, yeah. What I what I want in teases is things more like Young Avengers, as long as they actually pay it off. Yeah, which is the other yep. end of it. Honestly, the Young Avengers tease did a whole lot more for me than the Beast one. Because looking yeah. back on the Young Avengers tease was like, yes, the Young Avengers. Because that's something we've been yes. I got me very excited hypothes- also. Yeah, it, we've been hypothesi- hypothesizing, theorizing about that for years. The second Beast shows up, it's uh, I'm like, yeah, it's the Leo DiCaprio meme. It was like, hey, look, it's Beast. And even I'm like, oh, sweet, Kelsey Graham Beast, cool. But then I, I'm sitting there going, just... Bring them in already. We know. We know that the Fox merger is done. Disney has the rights to X-Men, Fantastic Four. They have the rights to nearly everyone that we've been wanting to see in the MCU since its inception. Just stop with the... T- it's like, hey, look who we got. Just do Deadpool 3, figure out a way to bring them in, and just be done with it. I'm kind of with Sparks on this one where I'm like, yes, we know. Bring them in or shut up. Yeah, I think you're I think you both are absolutely right. Like the one the tease that get that got me excited was Miss Marvel and mm-hmm. Hawkeye. Like that was yeah. great. I'm I'm into I'm really interested in that. The teases that don't get me excited are like Hercules and Thor Love and Thunder and Beast and the end of this. Like those aren't exciting to me anymore. Like you're not I don't Especially I don't get because like anymore. in the climate where we're at. Sorry, Brandon, didn't mean to cut you off. Um no, I think it's I think it's especially in the climate where we're at, where I'm getting a lot of like to talk about the Fox films. I'm like, yeah, but is Mr. Sinister ever really going to show up? (laughs) 
Are we Jesus. really ever going to see Hercules again? Yeah. I, I, and genuinely, and genuinely, guys, I really enjoyed this movie. Had a great time. I'm really glad they put it in a Young Avengers tease. Are we actually getting that? Do we really so. believe we're going to get that project before they just King Dynasty, Secret Wars, whatever those two Avengers films are going to be, reset the universe? I they hope should. so. I hope. I hope so. But do we really think we're going to get it? Do we really think they're going to pull that trigger? Because no. I'm not convinced. This is the problem. I'm not convinced. I'm not I, convinced, but I want it. Well, yeah, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we are all in agreement yeah. that we want this. We want Young Avengers. I would prefer a Young Avengers movie compared to a Disney Plus show, but if I have to get go with the Disney Plus show, I'll take it. As long as they do it better than other previous yeah. projects. Do I honestly think they're actually going to pull the trigger or they're going to and give them a, their own film or project? Not a chance in hell. With all the stuff that's been circulating Disney right now, with all the, I don't want to say the backlash, but with the the negative criticism, the drop in revenue, Disney is going to have to really look hard and really try to figure out how, what they want to do next with this ginormous thing that they created. I feel, I kind of feel that the MCU at times has gotten too big. And I don't mean that as, I mean that as a, it's not a slight, and it doesn't mean that I'm burnt out on superhero films. I'm not. I, I enjoy superhero We all enjoy superhero films. But looking at all the stuff that came out just this past year and even the year before, yes, COVID was a major factor, but there was a time where I was kind of like with Brandon, where I'm like, I'm tired. I just give me a break. And now that the, they kind of slowed down their schedule looking forward of like, okay, thank you. We have time to breathe. We have a break. I think this is a much larger conversation. I don't want to get too deep into yeah, yeah. because we're talking about the Marvels. But yeah, I do think, the Marvels but I do think I do think that part of it is just um I I really feel like a lot of people, including Marvel Series itself, has has rebuffed against this. But the problem to me was you needed more continuity, not less. And by mm -hmm. making the projects feel more disparate post end game. Um, I think it made it so that people came out of end game wanting to be just as rewarded down the road as they were for the entire infinity saga. So they were going to tune into every single thing and they were like, gimme, gimme, gimme. Like even as they were tired, they were like, yeah, but also I want the train to keep going. I'm really enjoying it. That was yeah. the majority of the feeling. The quality level being low and it feeling repeatedly like you go through something and at the end of it, it's like, hey, but like, is is this ever going to come back around? Will we ever see the Eternals again? Is there is there not still a celestial in the ocean? Is <laughs> is like the, these things that it's like, I want to be invested, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know do these things matter to the universe as a whole? And again, I go back to that whole point that like um, one of my big things is I, I think they just squandered the, the kind of like foundation that they had post end game of everybody's just gone through something traumatic. Everybody has just gone through what Thanos did. So everybody has a similar starting point that they can all kind of connect to and relate to. And that's such an easy way to say, like we all live in the same world and they abandoned that to make it so you felt like you could jump in and tune in, tune out on whatever. Mm. 
And I think as the only successful cinematic universe that's this led that's like this, I know there's the MonsterVerse, but like, come on, it's one Kong movie and then a bunch of Godzilla movies. Um, when and they a make Kong a mo- TV show, and a when Kong they TV make a show. stop it, when they make a Mothra movie, I'll I'll start to acknowledge it. Hey, hey, I will defend that anime. That is a good anime. Good, I'm, I'm glad. Um, I think cinematic universe is a strong term for it. Um, but for but for Marvel even if you acknowledge that like there's nothing else like out there like the mcu there's nothing else that's been able to do it and i think they should have embraced that rather than trying to be like other things i think they should have forged their own path and they didn't and so we'll Mm. see how that all shakes out but the point of but the point for the marbles is that i think this was a wonderful movie yeah um i think not just box office numbers so obviously that is a factor but there's a lot of factors that I think have done this film dirty. And I really hope that they're very thoughtful about why this movie didn't take off the way it needed to and recognize that it's not necessarily all the problems of the film itself. And I am hoping that the good word of mouth helps with that because a lot of people are very positive on it once they watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I hope that the there, because I think they're learning lessons right now and trying to, trying to change course and figure out what, what to do for with the MCU going forward. And I don't think we're anywhere near like the downfall necessarily. Um, no, I, I, I just think that we're in a changing point because there's a lot of factors, mm-hmm. but I really hope that they learn from the Marvels is, is at a tail end of a lot of other things, whether they were in the MCU or outside of it, like the, the strike um, that worked against this movie. Yeah. But this movie this movie overall worked and has more of what I think the MCU needs in it going forward. I don't need every movie to be fun that we can have some, some more dour, more serious ones, um, whether it's a show or a movie project, but I do need to have more fun at the movie theater in the MCU in a general sense. Um, and I need to feel like my characters can cross over and come together more often than they have been <laughs> because this felt great. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, but I, I want to back I want to back up a little bit because I, I I had something that I wanted to say about your kind of larger MCU discussion. Just, sure. just quick little button. We know that the MCU is pivoting. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of speculation about what that means. There's a lot of insider talk about what that could mean. We don't really know because they're going to, you know, everything's in flux right now. Are they pivoting away from Kang? Are they going to do Doom? Doesn't matter. What I hope about that pivot is that the Young Avengers tease is relevant. Is that it is something that they are they weren't actively thinking about before, and because they they now need to stretch the multiverse saga, they need to rethink what the saga is going to be. They're now looking at it more seriously. That is my hope with this with this pivot. I, I really hope you and I, Brandon, share a similar thing where we feel like um, before you get your second Infinity War and Endgame that they've been pitching what are currently titled Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars as, yeah. um, you need a smaller level Avengers film. If that smaller le- level Avengers film has to be Young Avengers, I'm fine with that. I would like it if like one adult Avenger showed up at some point to be involved Captain in the story. America. Yeah, somebody. Um, but 
if that's what it takes to get that like smaller project, 100% I'm for it. Yeah. Um, I want that. I want that. Like an Avengers film can be like, it doesn't have to be Thanos all the time. Sometimes it can be a Loki or an Ultron that we're dealing with and like that be enough. Um, so I, I hope you're right. I hope that they they see an opportunity to really do something, especially because unlike the comics, these actors are going to grow up. We yeah. have we have a precious decade where Kamala can be like this. And then if we're going to keep him on Balani around, Kamala will have to grow up, yeah. like really grow up. And like we got to use that because she's wonderful. We got to use it. Mm hmm. And she's not, she seems very interested in staying in the MCU. So like, you know, you've got a resource, you've got a lot of wonderful young actors uh, who have been introduced in the MCU. Use them. Let's see them mm-hmm. again. I really want to see these kids again. I think they're great. I think they are, for me, the most exciting parts of every MCU project when they're there. Haley Steinfeld, even um Isaiah, um not Isaiah Bradley. Yeah, Isaiah Bradley. Eli, Eli Bradley, Eli. sorry. I want to see the kids. I don't want I don't want to get to the point where they're all grown up and we can't see young Avengers. Yeah. But anyway, that said, I think the Marvels is exactly what I wanted it to be. It's a shot in the arm. It feels like the kind of MCU film I've been hearkening for. I I adore it. I think it's a great time. So let's give it a rating. Uh, who wants to rate first? Benjamino. All right. Well, I'm probably going to be the lower rating of the three because I still enjoy this movie a lot. But there's just something about it after I was done watching it the first time. Maybe it requires me to see it again and I'll and I'll change it up, uh, change it up, change up my rating. But it's it's good, but it's not great. And it's, it's definitely not bad. It's just good. And it's kind of like it's not middle of the road good. It's definitely not like Black Adam. That was just like middle. This one is it's it's up there, but it's more like a C. So I'm got, I'm teetering on a six point five or a seven, to be perfectly Ooh. honest. I mean, is, yeah, I, I, I expected I, a seven. I expected a seven or a seven point five. The six point five hurt me. I'm like I, Jesus, because there's just something about walking out of here, out of this movie, that it's one of those things where something's missing and I can't put my finger on it. But it wasn't a bad time in the movie theater, which is it's this film is a weird conundrum of there are things that are bad with this movie, but there are things that are amazing. And I had a great time and I had fun with it. Quickly, quickly, just want to say, I think very much in the same vein as Transformers uh, Rise of the Beasts, you like this movie more than you think you do. Um, Probably. And I'd be curious to know how you feel on a second on a rewatch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that pretty good. There he goes. So, yeah, I'll I'll say you know I'll say seven. I'll say very soft seven. Sparks. Um. Yeah, I think this has a lot of energy. There's a lot. I think so much more of it works than doesn't. Um. I definitely think it has some missing pieces. I feel it when I when I see it. Um. That there's something taken out of it. Um. And I do think it was a I don't know if it was the right call, but I do think it was a panic decision of we just need this movie to feel good. We just need people to come out of the theater and feel like they had a good time. Like we got it. We got to get to that. Um, and that might mean stripping out some things that would normally be an MCU movie that might have made it great or might have made it bad. I don't know. We don't know what those things were. Um, 
I assume there was some character stuff, like we said with the villain, some character stuff between the trio. Um, I wish that there was a little bit more of the growth arc, specifically for like, really specifically for Monica and Carol, their relationship. But I still have such, I had such fun. I had such a good time just like enjoying this action comedy experience. And like, I hold it up there with a lot of action comedies I really enjoy. Um, it's not complicated. It's simple. It's direct. I think all three female leads are very empathetic performances. I think it's their strength is that they are able to convey um, this care for each other. Uh, that is very genuine, and I think it is something that we need in the superhero space that we don't get from a lot of the other superheroes of the MCU fair. They're not all like them. Um, there's an amount of open emotionality that is so good uh, and led by Brie Larson, which I think is awesome. So I'm going to do something I almost never do. I'm going to say 8.5. Because I I'm, I waffle between eight and nine, um, and I'm going to say eight point five. I almost never pick a point five, but that's that's my compromise. Do you really never? Do you really try to not do a point five? I try not to. I think it's splitting hairs too much. Hmm. Um, but to I be fair, it. but to be fair, I already think of one through ten as divided one through five. Uh, okay. I. Agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying, Sparks. I think there is an emotionality to this film that is uh, rare in the superhero space, not just the MCU space, but just superheroes in general. And I think that comes from its perspective. Um, I hesitate to say it comes from a female perspective. I just think it, it it is just it just comes from a perspective we're not used to seeing. It comes from an from an eye from a director that we are just not used to seeing in the space, and because of that, it feels unique in in that perspective and it's always and i always say ryan shepherds it i shepherd it spark shepherds it it's always good to see other perspectives uh real quick just because you mentioned ryan ryan did really like this movie um he couldn't be with us for this recording but um he he really enjoyed it he had a great time he he and i are there's differences where different people there are some variations but overall we have very similar senses about um what worked what didn't and that overall it was just a really great time at the movies yeah. uh, i think that that kind of um i think that emotionality is really important um there's an empathy to our cast um that is really great to see uh, very vulnerable and it's nice and i like yeah. it and I, w I wish we saw more of it yeah um more women need to direct superhero movies is what I'm saying. Um, and, and write them there. It's simple, but not detrimentally simple. It's, it's a film that is, that sets out to be about something. And it, and in my opinion, it succeeds in being about that thing. Um, it doesn't try to be more complicated than it needs to be. It doesn't try to overload with things that it feels like it needs to throw in, um, it is just straight to the point, very fast pace in and out. And one of the things that always kind of struck me about uh, Sparks's review of Love and Thunder is uh, how much you kept asking for more. You wanted to see more of this and more of that, but that didn't that where we differed mostly in Love and Thunder is that 
to me, the more was detrimental. The fact that I wanted to see more of a certain thing, it was detrimental to the film. And in in your review, it wasn't, which I totally respect. But here, when I say I want more, it's not that I wanted more in this film. It's that I want to see these three again together. I want to I want to see more of these three together. I want to see another film with them uh, together doing this. I want Nia Costa behind the camera. I don't care. Maybe she needs more. Maybe she needs another pool or to pay off some more student loans. I, I get this team back together. Make another one. I'd love to see it. I'll be there day one. Um, I. It's an eight. In my opinion, it is an eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. Solid eight out of ten. But I, going to be clear that as objective as can exist in film criticism, which is very, which is none. Um, I believe that it is an eight out of 10 movie, solid, good time at the theater, but I enjoyed it so much. I'm going to give it a nine out of 10. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's, that's, that's reasonable to what you were saying. Um, Also, it doesn't uh, inoculate it from criticism, but um, it is cool to point out. There's one white dude in this whole movie. There is. Yep. There's just one white dude, and he's Ooh. the only one. Um, it's the right hand person of the Supremer. Oh, uh, oh yeah. But everybody else, everybody else is uh, is you know uh, women and uh, men of of color, uh, and I think that's awesome. That's really cool. As far uh, as I, like main characters, we're not talking like background. Yeah, yeah. I had a great time. Um, yeah. Um, uh, I enjoyed it so much. I, I give it a nine out of ten. Um, all right, so that'll do it, guys. That's the review of the Marvels. Thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, and yeah. if you hate and if you hate watched it, eh, hey, you know, leave a like or leave a dislike. Either way, it helps the algorithm. Um, but um, if you if you want to tell us how much you hated the Marvels, go right ahead. We won't read it. Um uh, I want to say he's uh, lying. He's gonna read it, he's gonna think about it. He'll be really <laughs> mad, but he won't respond because I won't let him, but he'll read it. I don't respond to it. Maybe we'll read it on the show and and, and complain about it. Um, uh, so we'll uh, that that'll be it, guys. We won't do that. Don't leave hate comments. Like, be civil. We run a we run we run a good show here. Um, we run a kind show here. Um, guys, check out our website effectnerpodcast.com to see all the other shows you can check out on this channel. Um, now that the strikes are over, there's tons of things coming out at the time. Um, so be sure to be on that website and see all the things find where you can find all the things that you've missed and that that we're putting out now Uh, all the links to subscribe and to watch and listen are all on the website effectorpodcast.com which is linked below Uh, you can also check out our T Public and our Patreon which are also linked below uh, and on our website if you'd like to support support us financially we greatly appreciate it Uh, you can also check us out on Fickner Podcast on all the socials uh, f- uh, Facebook, Twitter, and, and Instagram. I am at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write where you can find my writings for AtomicGeekdom.com um, whenever I get around to doing some more of those. And uh, Ben, where can people find you? Well, they could find me at BenMagnet27 on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads. You could also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, GoNintendo.com, and playing Mary Frankenstein in d and Dark. And Sparks? Uh, you can find me wanting to go higher, further, faster at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter. S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. All right, guys, like this video, subscribe to this channel. 
uh rate and review wherever you get us we greatly appreciate it uh on whatever podcatcher you know, for your choice and until next time you see us guys higher further faster baby mm-hmm.